Welcome to Get Behind Fanny, a podcast dedicated to the behind-the-scenes stories of the music, the members, and the musicians influenced by the rock group Fanny, the godmothers of women who rock. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another Get Behind Fanny podcast. I'm Byron Wilkins, Fanny fan and webmaster of the official Fanny website, fannyrocks.com, and joining me on these audio adventures our Ella, <laughs> well, you know, you are Fanny's drummer, but I said your name. Oh, well, but anyway, Alice DeBure and daughter of Fanny's manager, Roy Silver and historian, Dr. His- Kristen Hiller Glass. <laughs> two for two, Byron. Oh, hello, ladies. Uh, that's not there. a sign for the podcast, man. You know, Holy shit. This anyway, is not anyway. even the blooper reel. I know. know, We're starting. We're starting really good today, Byron. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm a professional, you know. Yeah. (laughs) Well, before we get behind Fanny's music today, it's birthday bakery time. Woohoo! Yeah, it's November, (laughs) and we're celebrating a few birthdays. And Beard, our friend, who is Angie Tapp's sister-in-law. Um, Anne is waging a campaign to get Fanny added to the UK radio show. Johnny Walker's Sounds of the 70s, specifically awesome. <laughs> Johnny Walker's Jukebox. And Ooh. she's trying to get Charity Ball and or Blind Alley added. And Excellent. also, yeah, one of our podcast listeners, Elizabeth Ryland, has a birthday this month. And yes. Jean's daughter, Marita, is also celebrating her oh. birthday. So mm-hmm. happy birthday to Marita, Elizabeth, and Anne, and all of the other November birthdays that we don't know about. Happy birthday, indeed. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, Kristen. Yes. What are we going to talk about today? Well, first of all, I just had to say I cannot believe that we are already on episode 14. Mm-hmm. It's incredible that we have done 14. And I keep saying this, but it's so true that time sure flies when you're having a blast. And I'm having such a blast with the two of you. Yep. I love fun. it. It really is. Mm -hmm. So on this episode, we're going to be talking about June's song, Sound and the Fury, on Fanny Hill, produced by Richard Perry, and Nikki's song, Take a Message to the Captain, which was on the first self-titled LP, Fanny, also produced by Richard Perry. And we had mentioned on our Go Vote podcast, which was episode 12, that Sound and the Fury would be perfect for today's political climate. But today we're going to explore it more musically. Well, still, speaking of campaigns, yeah, it mm-hmm. looks like our message on the Go Vote episode was heard. Woo! <laughs> well, maybe just an itty bitty little bit. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> but the bottom line is that our democracy has been saved. Yay! And our sound and our fury was heard. Let's start out by listening to a little bit of Sound and the Fury. Isn't it beautiful? Yep. 
Uh, we got a lot of questions about this song, including from Brian Archer on the FannyRocks.com website. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to know, and many others had a similar question, but his specifically, what inspired June lyrically on The Sound and the Fury? And was it a conscious decision to give it a country vibe or did it naturally turn out that way? Close quote. So thanks, Brian, for the question. And let's hear what June had to say. I remember writing that right after the session with Candace Bergen for the um, invitation on the cover of Charity Ball. So we did that photo session up at the top of Mulholland Drive. I don't remember if it was a museum or what, but it was a beautiful place. And then I got back to Fanny Hill after that, and I was so high from the experience, you know, and no one was there, which was amazing. I remember being upstairs, and I remember the sun and just the peaceful feeling, and I just started to play my guitar, and Sound and the Fury just literally came out in, you know, one fell swoop. I was always running from what I did not know. Okay, I was on to something, because that's exactly how I how I felt. You know, I'd always been running. I didn't know how to be in my feelings, and that was really hard. You know, to be in your feelings, you're doing music and you're representing feelings for people in songs and performance and whatnot. But I was always running from what I did not know. You know, I, I was always, I was always something I'd always been the stranger, blah, blah, blah. So it was really nice to express that. Yeah, the charity ball photo shoot that June's talking about was at Greystone Manor, Mansion in Beverly Hills. Um, Mm -hmm. And it was a beautiful place. We were out on the lawn and I think they even had a a picnic kind of thing Mm -hmm. for us. So it was a lovely, really a lovely afternoon. And I can see how that would have led her to write a song like Sound and the Fury. You know, it's really simple. It's really straightforward. You know, I still like my drum part when I listen to it. I always have. Yeah, this is the song that showed me I had a career. If necessary, it would be with a country band. (laughs) But here's what Jeannie had to say about the song. I just remember being in the studio, all of us with our separate little cubicles and headphones and like that, and just knowing what we were going to play. It was a great feeling to be able to be in the studio and be that focused Mm. and and, and to blend in as well as we did. And now that I didn't think about it, you know, to do kind of a country song in the middle of that album, which is all the first time in a long time, all the rock songs we were doing. It's just amazing <laughs> that we did that song. And Byron, you had talked about Knock on My Door, that it should mm-hmm. have been a top 40 hit on our last oh, yeah. episode. And even though I think Fanny's version of this should have been a hit, and thinking about the time and when the song was written, for example, if Jackson Brown had covered mm-hmm. Sound in the Fury, yeah. it would have oh, absolutely yeah. been a top hit, which to yeah. me really speaks to the discrimination that a pioneering all-female band faced at the time, Yeah, because mm-hmm. it's a great song. Mm-hmm. And like Brian Archer, uh, I'm curious about the country vibe on this song, too, because it was really so different for you guys. Yep. And I'm glad June talked about it in this week's interview. I was never interested in country music, but thank goodness I met Sneaky Pete, and thank goodness we could see, uh, you know, the various groups playing around L.A. and and uh, at the Whiskey, you know, who who were playing in that style, and I I definitely got interested because I wanted to learn those licks. That's how I met Sneaky Pete. I oh. wanted to learn those type of licks, and uh, I pursued him. I, I think it was at the whiskey I went up and introduced myself, and I basically told him I wanted to be his friend, I, and I wanted to learn what he knew. 
And he said, okay, you know, I mean, Sneaky was such a great guy that way. He was so generous. And I didn't even realize that he was, you know, a legend in, in that I could hear the legendary playing. And that was what made me want to get next to him. But he was one of those guys who never for a second thought that I was coming on to him. So that was another great relief, you know. He was a he was an artist, and we met at that level. And I knew that we were, even though I was asking for his help, I knew that we were equals. And he knew it too. He let me know it without saying it, you know. And the the pedal steel guitar that you're hearing in the song that's not mm-hmm. June. That's Sneaky Pete from the Flying Burrito Brothers. Really? Oh, <laughs> I never knew that. <laughs> I thought it was June all the time. Well, he's not credited on the album. No, he's I not. know. I don't know. Why how is I, that? I don't know. I don't know why he's not credited. I don't know if he got paid. Huh. Well, he is you know? sneaky, you know, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <He is> sneaky. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, in episode six of our podcast, June had talked about the huge influence that the Flying Burritos Flying Burritos. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Uh, Yeah. The Flying Burrito Brothers had on her, including when she played on Conversation with a Cop. So I think this whole influence is clearly on this song as well. And Alice, do you remember working with Sneaky Pete on this song? No, I don't remember being there at all. But I think that his pedal steel makes the song. Not not, Not just the solo. You know, when he's behind the vocals mm-hmm. on the verse and stuff, he's playing off of June and he really, really nails it and really, really enhanced the song, I thought. Sneaky Pete, he was a master. He was a master. And honestly, I think he only did two, maybe three takes. And, you know, to do that many in the studio, you know, you're taking them a lot of, a lot of tracks. And, of course, they were comped. Well, every single one of his takes was amazing. And I remember his saying to, to Richard, uh, well, should I do another one? Or, you know, I mean, that was pretty. And Richard said, well, okay, why don't you just do another one? You know, it, was, it wasn't really needed. And I don't remember which take they used either all of or part of. But it was a work of art. And I knew it. And I got to see it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah June was That's really lucky cool. to witness that session. She really was. Well, and let alone that she got to witness that playing on her own song. Mm-hmm. It's just incredible. Yeah. Let's listen to a bit more. In part, I might have uh, written um, Sound and the Fury sort of in the country tone, not just from what I was soaking in or what we were all soaking in from the scene. And that cannot be discounted. You know, I mean, we really were taking it all. Also, I think I had just gotten together with Tret, Tret Fury, and she did kind of a folk, not really country, but it, it went into that kind of thing, you know.
nice solo. Beautiful. Fits the song yeah. perfectly. And, it really does. Yeah. And here in America, yeah, the sound and the fury really did have some place to go. And it has <laughs> changed everything. Everything. Hallelujah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Also, when I'm listening to Nikki's piano playing on this, um, oh, yeah. I'm just yeah. struck by it because she played the perfect, beautiful keyboard part, even if it wasn't uh, necessarily her style. Kind of like that honky tonk that uh, Kristen mentioned, you know, honky tonk and country fit in. So she kind of fit it in. That's really well. Yep. Pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I have a question for you, Alice. Yep. Did you know the double entendre of Sound and the Fury and her then girlfriend, Tret Fury? Yeah, I did. But June was a very private person, as was I. And mm -hmm. we had to be because we couldn't be gay back in the day. Um, but that's a whole other podcast and it's a whole other time <laughs> and it's a perfect time to pivot pivot here we go pivot yeah <laughs> let's turn this ship around she said uh -huh. yes. and speaking of riding the ship america oh. <laughs> yeah we sent we sure sent by our votes a clear message to the captain that you're fired Ooh. <laughs> Hallelujah. Your ship has sailed. Or it has sunk, you know. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes, better. <laughs> <laughs> There's a ship that sails tomorrow. I was due to be on board. There's a life to be discovered. And we've discussed one of our Fanny and Podcast fans, whom I like to call Apple Scruff. And <laughs> he was saying about the song, Take a Message to the Captain, that he recently listened to it about a half dozen times in a row through the headphones. And he said that he couldn't stop hearing new things in the song, even though he knew it well, especially Nikki's and June's solos. Yeah, Nikki's playing on this song. It's, I think it's the only song that we used it, but Nikki's playing either a harpsichord or a clavinet. I don't remember which. But um, she nails the vibe of the song with that instrument. Definitely. Absolutely. And I know that hmm. uh, you talked to June and Jean this week about it. And here's what they had to say. And as far as what the song is about, it's really about saying that she had decided not to go on the journey on the boat. For whatever it is, stay home, work it out with her, her boyfriend or her lover or whatever it was. And then something deep inside me said, I have to go. So mm -hmm. it's take a message to the captain, tell him that I've changed my mind. So mm -hmm. she wants to, now she wants to go on this adventure, whatever it is, and leave the stuff behind that was, uh, that she thought she had to work through. I think we did an incredible job on that song. The arrangement is great. We we painted the picture. That's what we did. We went to the palette, we chose the colors, and we painted that picture together. I had decided not to join them. But I'd stay at home with you. Don't know why I feel uneasy. 
the sound on my ride symbol during the bridge and chorus um it's got that real jingle jangle actually it's just a jangle to it um <laughs> which i think comes from the plastic tips i used a uh, regal tip 5a's back in the day and i think richard even pumped it up a little bit so that it contributed to that f- the flavor of that song mm. with that okay. ding 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 more because i don't usually hear my uh ride symbol that much in the songs in in the recordings but uh june mentioned it and i appreciate her comments on the vocals and my drum sound let's listen well i love the harmony parts i love everything that we played you know and i i i love alice's drum sound you know it's it's, to me it's perfect for the song it's dry it's flat to my ear the the uh, snare is pretty deep you know i love all that kind of stuff it wasn't you know, everything that we played sonically made sense in the picture that we're creating that I so appreciate now. And going back to Applescruff's comments about his love of Nikki's and June's solos, here's a little bit more of what June had to say. I hope you enjoy it, Applescruff. Well, Kristen, you really love saying Applescruff, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> I could say Applescruff six times in a sentence and be okay with it. <laughs> I mean, you silly <laughs> Well, a little trivia then uh, to add to this jovial series. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, uh, Apple Scruffs is a nickname for Beatle fans really? who hung out at the recording studios. Yeah, oh. waiting for the, the Fab Four to come out. There, there you go. Wow. Oh, I thought you would say. Well, that's why George Harrison wrote the song Apple Scruff. I yes. get it. I get it. Yes, wow, yes, yeah. that's great. Yeah. All right. Well, bringing it back around to our Apple Scruff <laughs> and the solos on these songs. Let's listen to what June had to say on Nikki and then herself. She's playing in that style, and I didn't even realize it. I mean, I listen to it now, and I go, wow, that's, you know, that's pretty cool. It's a specific part. It's played well. There's no place where you're going, huh, what was that note? It's very well represented. And I was doing all those licks that I, I, I felt like, hey, you know, I got someplace with this. I can, I can actually represent, and I love that the solo has harmony parts in it, you know. And I'm still really, in fact, I like three-part harmony parts uh, on guitar solos now, big time. But that's a two-part guitar solo. So, you know, it it has all the elements in it that, that make a song work.
you know, we've talked a lot about cover songs on this podcast, whether by mm-hmm. Fanny or of Fanny. Yep. And I loved Jean's take on how she hears Take a Message to the Captain, especially hearing it with 20, 20 years. Well, that song sounds like an ode to the band because we, mm-hmm. we kind of captured what the essence of what they did, I think, in this yeah. song. Yeah. Well, don't you think that's interesting? I th- Yeah. And I think that the band could have covered it. You know, definitely. Yeah, I can hear. Yeah, yeah. it's definitely in their uh, oeuvre, if you will. And (laughs) since we're sharing sharing secrets, we've been sharing secrets on the podcast. Mm -hmm. um, I wrote something, some thoughts down about message to the captain, and in my journal, if you don't mind, can Mm -hmm. I read them to you? Please. It's uh, it's it's an interesting and unfounded theory. You know, that's where it started and when we were preparing for this episode is when I had these thoughts and I'll start with I've been listening to this song trying to hear it with 2020 ears but thinking back to who and where Nikki in those days was she was such a brilliant storyteller with her songs and it seems to me that she might have taken her paranoia fear and observations and was able to turn them into a great story song this is just a theory but if stay with me for a minute now, quote, she didn't want to join Fanny at all and told us no in the beginning. She always wanted to be the only female in the band, fronting it and the main focus. So she comes to Fanny Hill and auditions with three tall, long-haired, hippie-type young women who can all play their instruments, and she ran for the hills, quite frankly. Hmm. Her fear, I think, was more about being one of the girls in the band instead of the only female. And years later, Jim Seagrave, her husband, told me that he'd spent quite a few hours and days telling her, quote, this is the opportunity for you to get your songs recorded and heard by a larger audience. There will be time down the road for you to do your own thing. But um, joining Fanny, a band with a recording contract and a management in place who are going someplace, gives you a platform. Give it a chance. Hang in there. Take your own stage later. End of quote. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and all of this fits into my hypothesis, if you will. Uh, take a message mm-hmm. to the captain. I believe that the captain was probably either Richard Perry or Seagrave. And mm-hmm. writing this song was maybe her way of working through her trepidations and joining the band. You know, I'm just saying. Uh, wow. And, and I doubt yeah. that this is probably, in reality, the origin or why she wrote the song. But in my mind, it fits, and it's just another enigma that is the artist formerly known as Nikki. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I think there's a lot of threads to, to go into our creative, you know, uh, creativity. So, mm-hmm. But it certainly th- that fits in very well, and knowing, you know, that she did not want to join the band at first, that this I could see that fitting very well. Yeah. Also, it's interesting in Solid Gold, which she wrote, she Mm -hmm. uses the expression, the captains of industry, referring Mm -hmm. to the record label. Mm -hmm. So it could be another, in a way, use of the word. Again, could be a thread, not necessarily the only anchor, if you will, to the song. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, uh, I couldn't resist. (laughs) I think, I really think, though, that she was more thinking about Richard Perry in both songs. Mm I, I think Solid Gold and Take a Message to the Captain, it was about Richard Perry or management. But um, that's only if my theory holds any weight, you know, to whom mm-hmm. or what she actually wrote it about. But what I remember most about Take a Message to the Captain 
was in recording this song, and it was on our first album, Richard was teaching us about recording. And he encouraged the band. I mean, he said, sing at full voice, like the Beatles do. Listen to the Beatles songs. And they're singing at full voice. You know, and I think this song is a prime example of that. So take a message to the captain. Tell him that I've changed my mind. I'll be sailing out tomorrow, say goodbye to all the places and the life I left behind. Yes, I'll be sailing out tomorrow, say goodbye to all the places and the life I left behind. Boy, message delivered <laughs> loud and clear. <laughs> Not only on the song, but in this great country of America. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> yeah, because the ship has finally turned the course. Yep. You know? Oh, finally. And I don't know about you, and it's been a few weeks since the election, but every day I feel a thousand tons yes. being lifted yes. from my heart for the first time in a long time.
goosebumps on you. You know, I really do. Yeah, I do too. I do too. I've been cranking it up and dancing oh, yeah. and crying tears of joy. It's just and fantastic. That is, that is pure joy. You know, it really yeah. is. It really yeah. is. Yep. It was a great way to end the Fanny Hill album, and it was a perfect way to end this election. Wow. Yes. <laughs> and what a perfect well way. Said, Myron. What a perfect way to say, thank God we pivoted America. Yeah. Byron, <laughs> that's a wrap. Hit it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah! Fuck yeah.